All right. Got it. Looks like it's working then. All right. Uh, so let me try. We have figured it out. We are the Discord gods. We finally did it. After 43 minutes of being late to recording. Heck yes. Oh, this is going to go great. So, All right. This here is going to be a podcast about two dudes who have no idea what they're going to be talking about whatsoever. We get a list of topics. We're going to roll a dice. We did that off camera already. I know. Quite sad. We got a four. And the topic of today is villains, villain redemptions, villain downfalls. What makes a good villain? What makes a bad villain? Whatever you want to talk about, villains. We'll hopefully keep it in that roundhouse, but it's no guarantee. After all, this is the ADD Jamboree. And when you get two people who have ADD and have known each other their whole life, you tend to get off topic for a little bit. So, bring us in, buddy. Who's the first villain you want to talk about? Well, first off, we should introduce who's who. I'm Mike, and huh. the other person is Adam. He's pretty much the one that kind of kicked me in the pants about this. Like, hey, let's do a podcast. I don't know. You're the one who kind of shoved everything at me. I just said, hey, here's an idea. And you're like, yes, we, we, we drive. I guess, I guess I just didn't want it to end up like uh, the D and the mafia D&D thing that you did. Look, there's a lot of things I start and then never proceed to finish. And that's just because I have very bad motivation. That's fair. Anyway, let me think of the first villain. That back on what you said. Let's start with um thing I've watched recently. I guess you don't watch many and I don't watch much anime anymore. Let's start with something simple. A villain that is, in my opinion, the perfect kind of just there. And that's Boros from One Punch Man. Okay. I'm trying to remember which mm. Boros is he was the, the alien. He was the guy. He was the guy with the one eye. Okay, he's the alien. He is not the second main villain. He's the first villain that kind of just showed up at the end, and then said, "I'm gonna kill everything or delete everything," and then he ended up getting deleted. That's what Boros is to me. But Boros also shows a good. Uh, what's the word? Not limiter, but kind of like a comparison for Saitama. Yeah, and it shows that he's actually capable of taking stuff seriously, aside from shopping trips, I guess. Bro, it's shopping trips and discounts. You do not take discounts not seriously discounts are the most serious thing known to man if i can save five dollars on some good food i'm saving that five dollars you know what true that no but boros is a good comparison for saitama since it shows we saw how strong boros was he was able to kind of keep most of the s rank heroes down and out, kind of stop him with his ship, with all the different aliens he was sending at the Earth at that time. Saitama just kind of snuck in, uh, got beat up for a bit, threw some punches, and then he decided to do his serious punch. Uh, 
not take out Boros because then he had to take out the Life Core. I'm gonna call it the Life Core or whatever it was. Super Gatorade. Yeah, the Power Raid inside him. That's and right, because he would ke he would keep um reassembling. And so it's a very good comparison for where Saitama was. And then the have you seen season two? I have. The second one was uh, Garo, right? Oh, huge spoilers for One Punch Man Season 2. Ah, oh well. We should have spoiled for Season 1. Oh well. But this is also going to go into Season 3 of the fight with Garo, because I keep up with the manga every I now and then. I do not. I want to rewatch Season 2, though. That was a lot of fun. Uh, I get... I get, um... Sneak Beats sneak peeks of what's going on with the manga, and let's just say Garo is the strongest villain out there. And he was able to go toe-to-toe -to -toe with Saitama. And Saitama still came out on top. I'm not gonna go too deep into spoilers about how that was able to happen and what goes on later on, because I'm excited for Season 3, whenever that's announced. But overall, I'm very excited for that fight between Garo and Saitama. And I do think it showed that Saitama does not have limitless power. But if we were to put it into like comparisons, um, I'm trying to think of a character who's done similar feats. I don't want to say Superman because I don't Garo know. Garo or to Saitama? Saitama. Uh, who's reset the universe? Um, Zeno. He's deleted entire universes. Um, what happened was Saitama and Garo started fighting, and then I think they had punches collide strong enough, or Saitama did something to where he reset the universe. Back it's before. Just a single punch. Yeah. Holy shit. But the caveat was Saitama lost the memory of that, and he's no longer that powerful anymore. Does he still have all his friends and shit? Yes, he reset the universe because, big spoilers, Genos died. Oof. Genos died, and... Saitama actually took the fight seriously, and then he had an epiphany. If I can't save someone, am I really a hero? So he reset the universe to where Genos was alive again, but it cost him and all of like the other heroes' memories to be disappeared, except Genos, because we gotta have plot convenience. I thought you were gonna say because he was more machine than man. I mean... That could also be true, but Genos remembered what Saitama did for him, and Genos truly sees Saitama as a hero. Aww. Yes, but I'm very excited for Season 3, and Boros, very good comparison for where Saitama is. Garo is another very good one because it keeps making the villains stronger to keep up with Saitama's almost limitless power because while he did break his in limiter that does not mean he has limitless power 
Nah, it just means there's a new limiter. No, I think it's. I mean, maybe. I forget. Because when you it. break some, when you break your limit, your your new limit is whatever you whenever you stopped after you broke it. Uh, hold on a second. Yeah, um... They eventually hit this upper limit where there is no potential to develop further strength. However, it is possible for an individual to remove their lit limiter, which results in the development of immeasurable strength. Immeasurable still but shows... But not endless. Yes. As a person without limiters, Saitama's strength... Continues to grow nonstop, even at an exponential rate, experiencing intense emotions. Uh, da, 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 uh... Dave's here. Uh, hey, Dave. Brother Dave is home. Okay, but no, it actually is limitless. It is? It is limitless. It continuously, it continuously grows on and on and on. So, continuously going forward, never to reach a limit. Hot damn. Yeah, so, he's currently quite the character, but this isn't about him. This was about Boros. What's your opinion on Boros? I kind of agree with most of what you said. He was a good thing to show that there are people that Saitama, while not exactly matching him, can actually make him do something instead of just... It, it showed that this show can actually take things seriously instead of being full comedy. <laughs> and on top of that, I really enjoyed the fight scene, and Boros is one of my favorite armor designs when he was before he got all his stuff broken. I really liked the, the cape, the spikes... The thing and it's the blue thing in his chest. I think the blue thing in his chest was like where his life or power aid thing was. Didn't he also punch Saitama to the moon? Yes, and Saitama jumped from the moon back down to Earth. <laughs> when you put all your points into acrobatics. <laughs> Boing! Okay. All right. Uh, let's think I, of another villain. I got one. He's my. Oh. You already know who it is. He's my favorite villain, Zuko. Zuko. Now my memory on him is a little foggy. I've been rewatching the show, but I haven't really done. They haven't really done much with him. Yet. He definitely is one of my favorites. He's expertly voiced. His character makes sense. I always enjoyed, like, no matter what design he is, I always enjoyed it. When I was little, I thought the scar was like, ew. But then I'm like, that's actually pretty neat. Ah, oh, the scar is so good because it's his driving motivation. One thing I think, I think that really sells Zuko as a S-class character and antagonist are just, well, just character or antagonist. It's because he has such good chemistry with everyone else. Like, the conversations they have are believable. Like, his, his talks with Iroh, those all sound like a, uh, a really pissed-off like really pissed son or cousin talking to their grandfather or 
uncle as it is. Uh, Ira was more than just an uncle to Zuko. Oh yeah, he was a he was a surrogate dad basically, because we all know how his dad was. Yeah, hence the scar leading it to his character motivation. Like he started off as B-list villain. I'm not even gonna lie. He started off as a B-list villain. Oh yeah. But that's the beauty of it, because he has the scar, he has the motivation. What more do you need for a villain? You have the motive, you have the plot of what he's going to do, and it's redemption. He wants to redeem himself in front of his, for his father and earn the respect of his father. But even just as we go and look through book one, Water, if we look at, like, Iroh, we look at Azula. I'm pretty sure Azula was in book one. I think uh, more than anything in passing mention. Yeah. All right, let's think of, like, the final chapters of book one. The fire, the fire nation invading the North Pole. Zuko I think wasn't part of that, was he? Exactly. It was no, um... he was. Was he? Because, because remember, it was that one thing where it was like Zuko was like ready for a rematch, and then Katara's like not going to be much of a rematch. <laughs> Freezes his ass. That's right, and it's that also the other guy who um, oh, what's his name? Admiral the, Zhao? Yeah, ad, Admiral whatever. Remember, he got the fish. He cooks the moon. <laughs> You've yes. heard of pissing on the moon. Now he cooks it. Yes, but I'm pretty sure at some point during that great war between, in like the North Pole, doesn't Zuko go through... I thought that was during Ba Sing Se, where he, uh... No, because goes, in book two, he starts running away. That's right. So, book two is when he starts running away from the Fire Nation, because at that point, he's known as a refugee. Isn't book two where he also learns how to conduct lightning, or is that book three? Ah. Oh. It's when Iroh gets sick. I think it's book two. You know what I'm talking about, right? After yes. um, after they run away from Azula. Yes. Because book two is Zuko's book, even though it's about Toph and Aang. Book two is Zuko's book. Yeah, it's not Zuko and Iroh. The, it's, yeah. yeah, the main character for book three, but book two is Zuko's book. Are you looking up to see if he um if he's in if he if he's in the North Pole? Yes, the Siege of the North. Yeah, Admiral Zhao. Yes, the outcome of the battle greatly contributed to Iroh and Prince Zuko becoming Fire Nation fugitives. Ah, decisive Northern Water Tribe victory, Iron and Zuko deemed traitors. 
Yes, because Admiral Zhao and General Iroh wore the commanders for the fight. Yeah. Zuko survived and posed as a guard on the Admiral ship. Took a Pinot's offer to become. Yeah. It was basically like the two going at each other while still working together. Um. At this point, yada yada. Merged with the ocean spirit, single hand destroyed. Zhao was intercepted by Zuko, who won revenge for Zhao's previous attempt. Oh yeah, I forgot. Admiral Zhao tried to delete Zuko, but Zuko, in like, do you remember that fight on the boat in front of his father? Are you still there? Hello. Where did you disappear to? I don't know. This this headset is kind of bunk. It's great, and then sometimes it just cuts out. Okay, but um, the fight goes... on the boat in front of his dad. Yes. Do you remember that? That was at the very beginning, right? Yes, but Zhao tried to kill Zuko. And then I, Zuko I was like, that. and then Zuko was just like, no. And since they lost the battle, Iroh and Zuko had to leave after betraying Zhao as well, which led to their fugitive arc in the boss in Book Two, Book of Earth, and Bossing Say, and all that. And then Book Two, we have his fugitive arc, him running away, him. Figuring out who he is. Him running away from Iroh. Oh. There's so much from book two that I love. Him freeing Appa. Him going hand-to-hand -hand with Jet. God oh. about Jet. There's just a lot of book two that really sells Zuko's character. Very good. Freeing Appa, his fight with Jet, him figuring out who he is. Um, I don't know if it's book two or book three that has him. Do you remember that scene where he went back to Iroh crying? And Iroh forgives him because Iroh, Iroh was just scared that he lost his way? Not. Wait, wasn't that when Iroh was in prison? Yes. I think that was also during... Book 2 was very lore-heavy. It was, but that's not a bad thing. That's, that no. show's got some deep fucking lore, and I love it. Uh, complete... Um, off, on topic, did you hear they're going to be making a third Avatar series? I did not. Yes, I think they're making a third Avatar series. Ooh. I know, I am. Uh, I thought it was just, I heard about something like it, but I heard it, I thought it was just going to be a comic book series. Ah, it's supposed to take place in, um, 
officially coming to Paramount Plus in 2025. Jeez. And it's gonna take place of an Earth Avatar. I'm down for that. Uh, the Legend of Korra took place 70 years following the conclusion of the original series. This would put the era of the next Avatar series relatively close to our time as The Legend of Korra was intended to be the 1920s. How did they say as they pilot their giant mech? <laughs> Yeah, there's going to be a new one, which I am... Oh, there's going to be animated theatrical films will focus on the gang in their adult years! Let's go. The film is expected to be released on October 10, 2025. Jeez. Well, hey, that Uh, new Avatar movie ain't coming out for the next two years either. Nope. And then... Book three with Zuko. His final, like, book two is him leading up to redemption, and book three is the true redemption of Zuko. Him helping out the Avatar, him becoming part of the gang. And that's where, like, his chemistry really flows out and like he becomes like an Iroh to the rest of everyone else except Katara. They become the mom and the dad of the group. And I love Zuko. He has by far the best character fall and redemption I have ever seen in an animated series. I have yet to see a villain top Zuko. Zuko? Yes. Damn. Now, a villain who is just a villain to be a villain. The Joker. What do I think of him? What's your opinion of the Joker? The Joker... Well, here's the thing. The Joker has been written by so many people so many times... Well, I'm a... Well, first things first, I am a comic book nerd through and through. You know this. I'm not. This is your expertise, which is why I picked the Joker. Joker has been written so many times by so many different people. Like, just look up the Joker timelines, and there will be like 200 different Jokers. There's one where he's good. There's one where he's Batman. The one there's another where he's good. There's one where he picks a war with the Riddler. There's the one where he becomes a vampire. The one where he becomes a werewolf. The one where he's voiced by Mark Hamill. The one where he's voiced by Kowalski from the Penguins. Really? Yeah, uh, I forget what it is. It's, uh, I think it's Brave and the Bold. Look up Joker, where's the fun in that? He sing- Kowalski sings. I have to put myself through major pain. Why? Uh, my mouth was getting parched. Drink water. I haven't had any sustenance yet. Jeez. So uh, just hurt. Ow. Uh, I think Joker I think Joker is one of those characters where 
he can be really good if he's done well, but most of the time he's just carnage and mayhem for the sake of carnage and mayhem. Is kind of you're you're so used to seeing it that it's senseless. Yes, but that's the point of the Joker. He's I know, the... but like he can be written, he can be written as such a strong character, like um the White Knight Joker. He is the Joker, but he's turned good, and then. Batman, who becomes so paranoid over nothing, because the Joker is actually fixed, he ends up doing Gotham more harm than good, while Joker is on his way to fixing it. And I'm like, holy shit, excuse my language, that is an amazing turn of events. I, d I would never expect that. And then there's stuff what? like Injustice, where he nukes a city for the fun of it. Exactly, like, the Joker is a great villain, honestly. He's definitely the most... He's the most... He puts the most... What's the word? Theatrics? He's the most enjoyable to watch just be a senseless maniac... Like you're you 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 watch him nuke a city and he's he's just he's sitting in prison he's like eh, just just run along Batman I got a lot of planning to do to top this and I'm like you get him Joker exactly because you, that, you you killed Lois Lane bah that's the thing about Joker and Batman is their relationship is you can't have one without the other. That's partially true. Definitely with Joker, but with Batman, there's enough crazies out there in his canonical universe. I feel like the Batman would exist either way. Batman wouldn't is, exist without Joe Chill, who's the guy who shot his parents. The thing is, with a lot of crazies, as you said, in the Batman universe, like, if we look at the main ones, they're not honestly that bad. Not really, no. You have Harley Quinn, who is actually on her way to become an anti-hero, and I think is part of, not the Justice League, but part of, like, she the is. She is part of the Justice League? Okay, I thought she was, like, part of the Robins or something. Or whatever well, that's called. Uh, I know she's part of another group. Uh, she's part of the Justice League in the Injustice timeline, which is Harley throws hands with Zeus. Yeah, so there's Harley Quinn. There's Poison Ivy, who literally just wants nature to come back to Earth, and I'm like, get him, girl. Granted, she does it in very wrong ways, but her premise there is very good. Uh, doesn't Dr. Freeze just want to bring his wife back? Yeah, and the Penguin is just the mob boss. Yeah, like... I think the Riddler is one of the other, like, actual crazy people. Yeah, I don't even know what the Riddler's backstory is. Like, I've looked into all their backstories, and then I'm like, the Riddler, I'm like, nah, he just likes questions and murder. Uh, no, I think another crazy one would be Scarecrow. Yeah, Scarecrow is just... I mean, I really like Scarecrow's gimmick, though. I always loved the idea of just manipulating people's fear. Um, what is the Gator part of Batman? Or the Gator is part of Batman. Leather... Not, no, Leatherhead is, um... Leatherhead is uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Yeah, I was going to say Spider-Man for some reason. 
Uh, Spider-Man has a villain like that. Who, like the gator? Yeah, isn't it like the reptile? Yeah, the lizard guy from, I think, Spider-Man 2? Spider-Man 2's Electro. That's right. I know which I know he's in one of them, but I forget which one. He was in No Way Home, and that's all I remember him from. I think he was in one of the early... I think he was in just Spider-Man. Because there was Electro, there was Green Goblin, there was... Yo, yo, Green Goblin killed it in No Way Home. I'm sorry, but he killed it. It's, he stole the show, no question. He really did steal the show. I love the Green Goblin in that movie. But back to Joker. What's your opinion on the Batman who laughs? That's Joker, but that's Joker, but he becomes Batman, right? The Batman who laughs was Bruce Wayne. That's he, right. He was Batman and Joker. I really like that. I really like the whole concept of it. Flipping stories is always nice, especially when you have a character as volatile as the Joker in the hands of someone as stoic and genius as Batman. <laughs> here's another here's another villain. Shredder. Ooh, Shredder. Oh, I haven't read or watched a lot of TMNT. That's true. Um, but if we do want to talk about Shredder, I think he has a very big impact on animated villains. I'll and say. And the design for villains. Because, like, you can just say the Foot Clan, and everyone knows who you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, you like. Also, Shredder, pretty sure, was the same person who brought claws to popularity, just like Wolverine. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Because that's what his main weapons were were like his metal claws. Double claw. Ah. <laughs> Yeah, like, Shredder was the overarching villain of just about every single TMNT series because he's just the villain. He's wearing knives, and he has, and he's voiced by, I think, the same guy who did the cat in Coraline. How, more, how much more imposing and evil can you get? There's no way he was voiced by Dr. Facilier. Whoever he was, he was very very deep voice he sounded like this who who was it well he's had a lot of voices but i'm talking about the 2003 um you know the one that i watched when i was a kid i'm looking that up Scotty ray James Avery. Uh, these are all kinds of different people. Yeah, like Dorian Hirewood. It was not. It was not Keith David. 
Yeah, I was gonna say there's no way it's Keith David. Well, for one thing's for sure, that voice gave gave me nightmares. Oh, he's the voice of Alder in Pokemon, though. Interesting. What do you think of Getsis? Ooh, I like Getsis as a villain. I never finished Black or White or Black and White 2, so I can't say much. I, he has one of the hardest teams out there. No lie. Because you fight him right after you fight N. And so your team's not healed up, and you just have to get thrown in there. No. Yes, this one. His team in black and white, so right after you get done fighting N, is Configurus, Bufalant, Seismitoad, Bisharp, Electros, and Hydreigon. That is insane. No, like, this team, very, very solid team. But I love Getsis and his antithesis to N. What was Getsis's gimmick, or what was his motive? Um... Trying to remember. Do, 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 do. He has been using N. He calls N a disappointment. Uh, one to ensure that he was the only person in Unova with Pokemon so he could dominate the region. He was learning ways to manipulate hearts of people. Like, he was still your typical. Um, Big bad want to rule the world, but he did it in a very underhanded manipulation way. That's pretty cool. No, like, he's a very, very good villain. And then, I haven't played Black and White 2, so I can't say anything about that, but I heard it just kind of gets better in Black and White 2. Black and White 2 a direct continuation, or is it, like, it's a direct AU? It's a direct continuation. It's a direct sequel. Oh, nice. That better not be my car. No, but Getsis is overall, like, your typical very crazy Pokemon villain, but he's very logical in the way he was able to do everything and get it all done. He's a lot more. He's a lot more threatening than, say, Giovanni, who was just bad guy. Yeah. Granted, he still lost to a ten-year-old, but that's Pokemon. Yeah. Make us so young. I don't know, but back. I want to get back on the topic of Shredder. I feel like we didn't talk about him enough. Because Shredder, I feel, really did have a dominant hold as cartoon villains in the 80s and the 90s. Not, I, 
when you say into the 2000s as well, or when you say once the 2000s started coming around, he started to fade out, and most people who watched TMNT didn't really watch it at that point anymore, and some of the newer generation wasn't the biggest fan of it. It's kind of a weird mix. I do agree that like the 70s, the, the 80s, the 90s, he definitely had a hold on villain culture. Like just look, just think of how many series there are. There's Turtles Forever, Rise of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. There's Shredder's Revenge, Turtles in Time. Uh, there's a live action, a horrible live action movie. That's there's a great live action movie. A... What are you talking about? <laughs> I never saw it. There's one where um. There's one where he bombards a concert screaming about how he hates music. Like, Shredder was a good villain while he was also very comical in that way. Because he was originally a comic character, you could do stupid things in comics and get away with it. Just like how Lex Luthor stole 40 cakes. That's as much as four tens. And that's terrible. Like, that's the thing with comics is that, like, you can get away with stupid stuff, and it, but it makes sense for the character, and, like, we really should be talking about Shredder's because we didn't grow up with it, but Shredder, I feel, really did have a hold on, like, 80s and 90s kids. What the villain and... you say you grew up with? What villain did I grow up with besides Zuko? And Azula, which we may have to talk about later. Uh, yeah, because Azula was the the opposite of Zuko. And I loved it. Um, but Danny, not Danny Phantom, but the villains of Danny Phantom. Um, Val- no, were... Valerie was an anti-hero. Because there were a few. I never Vlad. watched that show. Vlad was a very good one. Oh, you didn't watch it, though. I know who you're oh, talking about, though. I know a villain I grew up with, and this is a villain we both tend to enjoy quite a bit. Oh? The Triangle Man. Oh, um... Bill Cipher. Yes. What is your opinion on Bill Cipher? I think he's the guy that got me into the idea of the, of bending reality. Like ever since ever since I saw him, I'm like, that's actually really cool. I didn't I didn't think of characters being able to just like, oh hey, this whole screen flipped. What's your I mean, very good opinion, but what's your opinion on him as a villain? Remember, this I is about villains. That's true. I think I think he was that de- he's definitely one of my favorites. He was imposing. He was he was someone that you hated to you hated that you loved him and you loved to hate him because he did a lot of messed up stuff. I mean, he turned he turned he turned everyone into what was it? Paintings or not paintings? Uh, tapestries. Tapestries. He almost murdered Dipple and Maber. Ma- Ma- Mabel. <laughs> Crap. And he was very conniving. He was he was the most he was the first villain that I say he was actually his his tips his little tricks made sense. Like they weren't just plot convenient nonsense. 
I love, oh god, I love Bill Cipher. Just because, in like, one, he has a very good voice. I love his voice. Shoutouts to Alex Hirsch. Shoutouts to the boy. Um, but in the very first episode, you meet him in Dreamscapers. He's not imposing as a villain at all. He just gives vague warnings, and he just uses dream abilities that everyone else can use. So it's like he's not that big of a threat, but he gives warnings. He gives foreshadowing. He He's a very good plot point to move the story forward and to have motivation for other characters coming up. Like Gideon and how he was able to manipulate Gideon. Bill Cipher was literally the strongest thing in that universe. In that multiverse, even. No, I don't know in the multiverse because if we get into the multiverse, then we can get into the Rick and Morty universe. And let's not touch that. I, I don't want to touch that show. Yeah, I don't. Uh... Controversial opinion, I don't like Rick and Morty. Semi-controversial opinion, I think it's become too meta for its own good. Oh, no, that's the one ev- That's the one a lot of people think is true, is that its humor has overstayed its welcome. Yeah, now half of its jokes are, oh, look, it's season three, Jerry. I'm like, okay, you said that 13 times this episode. Comedy comes in threes, it doesn't, comes in thir- it doesn't come in 30s. Um... Speaking of, like, I've seen some of, like, the top-tier episodes everyone says they love. The main one being the fake Vat of Acid episode. I get that. That one was funny. I watched that episode, and I'm like, eh. That's how you kind of feel about most of the episodes. That's how I feel about most of the episodes after that. And then my brother, after I watched Die Hard, great movie, it's a Christmas movie. Agreed. Um, we watched the Die Hard episode of Rick and Morty, and once again, I felt the same way. I wasn't, like, I had a few good laughs, but at the end, I was just like, yeah, it wasn't my thing. I can't name a, se- I can't, I can't recall a single episode from, like, these past two seasons. Um. I thought you know you fell. True. But Bill Cipher. He fell and lost because of his arrogance. Do you agree or disagree with that? I agree, and I also love his actual death scene. Yes, and then that led into the AR game. There's an AR game? Yeah, there was a Gravity Falls AR game that actually took place... I'm gonna send you something in the Discord. Yeah, a statue of Bill Cipher was found in the forest. Right! I wrote the Bill Cipher statue hunt. Oh. Yeah, someone actually found that statue on accident, and Alex Hirsch had to pay them to be quiet. <laughs> Which is something I find so funny. Statue of Bill was found in Reedsport, Oregon Forest. 
It was later removed and temporarily placed at Reedsport by Sentinel Park before being permanently relocated to Confusion Hill in Piercy, California. Huh. You want to move on to another villain? Uh, sure. Who do you got? Uh, let's see. Well, we could talk about Azula and some other good villains. Uh, since I'm playing this with a friend, how about we talk about Handsome Jack? Handsome Jack. Very, very good villain that ended up being Borderlands' downfall. Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 that's the one thing that's the one thing I didn't like about Borderlands 3 is it could have been so much more, but they tried to make two handsome jacks. Don't get me wrong, I love the character, I love the playable characters, I love the environments, I love the gunplay. Gunplay is best in the series, no question. But the story aspect of it just kind of hot garbage. <laughs> I mean, like, it's there. Don't get me wrong, the story's there. But I think it would have been better if the brother betrayed the sister and not the brother going back to the sister. Me too. That's that's what I was hoping when I when I played it for the first time solo, when I played three, during the, the mission where you have the Jacob's mansion mm-hmm. and uh he starts mouthing off to his sister. I'm like, come on, come on, villain, turn around, villain, turn around. I'm like, oh, come on. At the end, by the end, I'm like, oh, come on. You could have been so much more, Troy. Yeah, but Jack, great villain. He literally pays you to delete yourself. Can't get much better than that. And I also love that, like, even even after his death, like, well, even after his his first death and then his second death. And then the death of a hologram, which has his consciousness. So that guy many. Just, that guy just did not want to die. He didn't. Isn't like his final death him being thrown into a volcano or something like that? His final death is him being unplugged, like a mic, like a headphone jack. <laughs> That's but, um, very. That is very funny. Yeah, that's the last scene in Tales of the Borderlands. But I find it interesting that, like, no matter where you turn in Borderlands, there's always something about Jack. Like, in uh, Borderlands 3, there's a mission where you learn about what happened to his wife. Like, the actual the actual play-by-play plays out in Echo Nets. What happened, to, mm-hmm. what happened to his wife, how Angel got her powers. Which is actually a very, it's a very sad story. I like how Jack was the villain in the first game. I thought uh, Commandant Steele was the villain in the first one. Yes, they are technically the villain, but who was the one that gave you the idea to go to the vault, and who was the voice inside your head? That's right, it was Angel being puppeteered by Jack. Exactly. So you were on the hunt for treasure wall, immediately being manipulated by Handsome Jack. I also like that we are the villain in the second. Like, for for all intents and purposes, I would say that we are the bad guys. For the, the most bad, part, we're the bad guys in Jack's eye. Yeah. I've so it's like, two, 
Oh, yeah. Keep going. Sorry. Us, we are still the protagonists, and we're the good guys who are on the revenge-seeking side. But Jack's not that good of a guy himself. If we want to, it's a villain v villain world in Borderlands. No one's a good person in that world. That's true. And if you are, you're dead. There's just bad and worse. And we're on the bad side. Handsome Jack was on the worst side. That's true. Uh, Jack, very good villain. Uh, I had one more villain. You know what? Let's go with the villain. I think this this would be a good villain to like kind of round it out on. We had talks about good villains. We haven't talked about bad villains. Who would you say is a bad villain? Not the Calypso twins, though. Yeah, because that's, they that's... aren't. They aren't bad. I will stand up for them. They aren't bad villains. They're just not what they could have been. Yeah, but a bad villain. Um, for one thing, let's bounce back to that. Any villain in Rick and Morty. <laughs> I haven't watched Rick and Morty, so I cannot give my opinions on that show, but I agree just because I don't like Rick and Morty. Uh, that's a good question. I haven't really met. Most villains that I see, I actually really like. Um, oh, I got one. It's it's probably obvious on my end. It's uh, Cinder. Oh. Cinder is a god-awful villain. Oh, anyone from Ruby is a god-awful character. That's true. The only exceptions being no. Ironwood and Neo and Roman. And kind of Salem. I like how Salem's whole gimmick is she wants to die. <laughs> I, you want to conquer the world? No, she wants to conquer the world. Tyrion walks up like, no, she just wants to die. Um... I definitely know I've seen some really bad villains in my time, though. Oh, trying to think. Me. Uh, I haven't uh, really met a bad villain, but I'm. I know there's probably bad villains with like bad reasoning. Like, I got one. What? Godot. I um, haven't finished Phoenix Wright. Okay. But you're 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 free to talk about him. Uh, his as you know, most prosecutors are antagonistic towards the defense attorney. Yeah. Godot's whole reasoning for why he hates Phoenix Wright is because Phoenix let Mia die when Phoenix had no control over that and Phoenix is already still feeling guilty about it. Really? His whole reason to become a prosecutor was because he hated Phoenix Wright for not protecting Mia. That's so but, stupid. But, on the other end, you still learn to love him because... He was projecting all of his hatred on himself for not being able to project protect Mia since he was a coma. Since he was in a coma. So he was projecting all of his hatred onto Phoenix for not being able to do what he could have done. But they worded it in a really good way to where I'm like, ah, ah. You learn to love him, but his beginning reasoning's not very good. Same thing with Francesca von Karma. 
very bad reasonings of I will beat you just to be better than my brother. Die. In incorrect, you left out a hundred fools. True. Like, Ace Edgeworth, great villain. He's not even a villain. You He's can't just even kind of an obstacle. Yeah, you can't even call him that, but very good character. Um, But I think a very good rounded out villain. Bowser the Koopa King. I thought you were going to say Eggman. No, Eggman, don't get me wrong. Eggman is a great villain, but if we're talking like the villain of villains, I gotta give it to Bowser. I was either they're gonna give it to Bowser or Chaos. Mm. Mostly because I grew up with Chaos. The one I grew up with was Ganondorf, but I think Bowser beats Ganondorf. I never, I was never too big into Mario. Like, I, I bought some of the games, don't get me wrong. But, like, it was never a fandom I was crazy about. And, but if you want my honest opinion, I think he does everything that he does really well. Like, if he wants to be funny, he's knocks it out of the park. They know just how to write him because they've been writing him for so long. He yes, wants to like... be threatening, he'll be threatening. He wants to be funny, he'll be funny. He wants to be cunning, he'll be very conniving. Let's look at all the different forms of Bowser. If we look at, like, the original Mario Bros, that was just a turtle who kidnapped a princess. And that was kind of his personality for a while. And then we get to... What was the RPG first... RPG Mario. Yeah, Super Mario RPG. And I think that was the first instance of Bowser talking or one of that really develops his personality as not someone... He likes to kidnap the princess, but also he's protective of his troops. He's funny. He's strong. He won't back down from a fight. And, like, he's willing to put aside his differences to save Toad Town and the Mushroom Kingdom. Like, Sure, he likes kidnapping the princess, yada yada. That's always a good deal. But he's strong, he's funny, he's cunning. He knows how to get what he wants, and he's not going to let anyone stop him from getting what he wants. And at the end of the day, Bowser is honestly not a bad guy. He's a villain, but he's not a bad guy. And that's what, what I think what made yeah, that's what I think makes him a really good villain. It's like, throughout... Let's look at Super Mario 64. He went back to kidnapping the princess, and you have to go collect 70 stars to rescue the princess. But you have to fight him three times. And each time, not as hard, but he always gains more powers. And he always puts Mario through tougher and tougher things. Up next, we would have Paper Mario and Paper Bowser. Paper Bowser has such good personality. That's where his goofy side comes out. And yes, he's also very strong in the original Paper Mario. He literally stole the Star Rod and became invincible. But he's also goofy in that game because, like, you don't know what's going to happen in Paper Mario. Anything could be happening up in that game. 
but he's still goofy, but he's strong. Um, probably the one a lot of people point to when they say Bowser is such a really good villain is Bowser's Inside Story. That so I can't really offer my two cents. I haven't played it either, but it's literally the story of Bowser saving the Mushroom Kingdom from Fawful. Wow. Without knowing, he was working with Mario and Luigi. Like, Bowser is such a good character and antagonist he really he has such a good personality he's so many different personalities to him he's such a fleshed out and developed character oh that's gatwick that i can say like he's he's been around since pretty i think the first mario right correct I think he's one of the few characters out there that has not worn out his welcome. Like, every time I see Bowser, it's like, okay, it's it's Bowser. What's he got this time? It's like, oh, not Bowser again. I'm very excited to see Jack Black voice him in the Mario movie. Coming out soon, isn't it? April. Hot dang. I thought of another villain, but if we're calling it here, we can call it here. Oh, hey, who's your villain? I was going to say, um... Monokuma and Junko from Danganronpa. I don't like them. And same with, uh, what's her name? Uh, Tsumugi? Yes. The cosplayer. I don't like them. The more I think about... The more I think about on Danganronpa and all that, the more I'm like, I don't like them. But you like Danganronpa as a series, right? I do, I can't deny that, but it's just for, like, certain characters and the aspect of the game. That doesn't mean I like the story of the game. I like the gameplay. You like Kirigiri. I do like Kyoko Kirigiri, but I much prefer, if I'm gonna do a game like that, give me Ace Attorney over Danganronpa. Though I will be getting Eden Zero when it comes out, because that game looks very fun. Eden Zero? Yes. It's... Uh, I misspelled it. Oh no, Eden Zero, my bad. That's the thing of fairy tale. Whoops. Uh... What's the game? What's the game? Rain Code. Raincoat honestly looks like a fun game. Brand new dark fantasy detective action game. Looks very fun. I will probably be buying it when it comes out. I have no idea when it comes out. Uh, Amazon, you could probably tell me when it comes out. June 30th. Um, but yeah, I don't like the villains of Danganronpa, honestly. I don't like the story of Danganronpa at the end of the day, either. Danganronpa, very good game, not good story. 
very classic blunders. Yeah. That's the story of Duncan Rumpa seemed so, like, nonsensical to me, like, the whole despair disease. I thought it would be, like, something about population management and, like... We no, it's literally despair and horror for the point of despair and horror. Isn't there a whole plotline with, like, a disease and junk? Because people fell into despair, therefore calling it a disease. That's I could get dumb. into a whole rant about Donnie Rampa, but I'm not going to. Instead, let's end it off with Bowser, because I like Bowser as a great villain and a great character in general. We talked about a lot of different villains. Very surface level, though. I think if we were going... I think if we want to talk deep about them we should have just discussions on the characters themselves that save those for whole podcasts yeah those would be shorter episodes this episode was a whole hour i think that's a good place to i think that's a good place to good place End to yeah but yeah. if you want to finish up with bowser because i haven't said my two cents well actually i have say more say three cents uh basically i think I think he works I think he works really well no matter what he's in. If he's Mario and Luigi, he can be funny as well as he can be imposing, like how he teamed up with what's his name? Antasma? Yes. And that is he, from Dream Team. And then didn't he try didn't he didn't Antasma betray him? Yeah, something like that. I never I never finished Dream Team. I got very far, but I never finished. I never played it. I only played Partners in Time. Very good game. Didn't you I honestly Superstar think it's Saga? better than Bowser's... What? Didn't you also play Superstar Saga? I never played Star Saga. I only played Partners in Time, and I really do think it's the best one out there. Wow, really? Mm-hmm. I think it's better than Inside Story. Wow. I think Bowser is just an S... He's an S-class villain because he's been around for so long. They know what works. They know what doesn't. They know what he works. How when he should be how he should behave, mm -hmm. and, and he hasn't worn out his welcome because there's always something new. There's Cat Bowser, there's God Bowser, there's uh, Cole Bowser. I'm very excited for Jack Black Bowser and how antagonistic he looks already. They did themselves with his with the design, the whole design of the movie. Mm-hmm. I'm very excited for this movie. Alright, yeah, I think that should wrap it up at this point. Thank you for joining me on our first episode. Thank you everyone for listening in to the first episode of ADD Jamboree. Uh, I don't think we have a set schedule for this. I'm sorry. We're just going to record these when we can and upload them. Because, yeah, this is very much just like a fun thing for us to do, some way to pass time, and it's a way for us to talk with each other that we don't really talk much anymore. Uh, yeah. do you, what are your two cents so far? I'm really enjoying this. I'd like to do this frequently or infrequently, I don't care. It could be every few days, every other week, once a it's month. It's not going to be every few days. I was hoping for like every other week but for now let's start off with like once a month just to like we'll get figure this out as we go yeah let's let let's let's not shove in a release let's not shove in a schedule when we don't even know what we want true we're just doing this for fun 
Yeah. All right. All right. See you all the next time we see you. Bye.